Hello, welcome to episode number 167 of the Apologue Podcast. I am your host, Simon Head. We'd like to thank all you Amazon shoppers for supporting the show by going to apologue.ca slash Amazon or apologue.ca slash US Amazon. Every time you go to those links and you buy on Amazon, you're supporting the show and you don't even know it. Costs you no extra money and it really does help out. Thank you very much. If you want to help the show out on a monthly basis, go to patreon.com slash apologue. You can pledge as much or as little as you want on a monthly basis to help with hosting and gas fees and you can cancel at any time. If you want to support the show by buying a t-shirt, go to apologue.ca slash shop. Buy a t-shirt there and you can buy the Foursquare, my old band's discography for $20. If you want to get in touch, go to appalock.ca slash contact. Want to be on the show? Hey, make that happen. Go to iTunes. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Give it five stars, please. Like the show on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash pod and follow me on Twitter at SimonHead666. Today on the show, I have a guy named Curtis, who plays in a band called Vent Black Warship. They're a metal band based out of Montreal. Turns out we know a bunch of the same people, and he's a good guy, a good conversation, and it was fun. So thanks so much for listening to the show. Here he is, Curtis from the band Vent Black Warship on the Apologue Podcast. Aww. Pleased to meet you, Curtis. Very nice to meet you, Simon. So where, where are you based out of? Montreal? Yeah, we're based out of Montreal. We have band members who live you know, on the outskirts of Montreal, but uh, you know, our jam space is in Montreal. We actually, sp- we actually uh, share a jam space with, uh, with a band I think you know quite well called Voivod. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I do know Voivod very well. Did one tour with them. How are they doing, by the way? Oh, I think they're doing great. They're working on a new album, actually. So really? uh, they've been touring a lot. Uh, they're still touring a lot internationally, and uh, they're still the go-to reference for all things metal in uh, in Montreal, at least uh, in my book, anyways. They've been playing for so long, and they've had so many weird, like little incidences along the way. You know that you know a van crash and and piggy dying, and and just having this tenacity, just always you know hungry. Absolutely, absolutely. No, they uh, a very admirable, admirable career. Yeah, yeah. I tour managed one tour for them, and we became kind of friends. I haven't actually talked to any of them in a very long time. So, uh, and I never met Snake because it was Eric in the band when I worked for them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, Eric from Meforce. He was just in Montreal not long ago. Oh, really? We called yeah. him Herrick. Yeah. Herrick. Does he still have lots of hair? <laughs> yeah, he still has a lot of hair. Yeah. Good for him. Actually, I always tell this famous Voivod story. I might as well tell it now. Um, when I worked for Voivod, we're in, we're in. Uh, this kind of gives you a date. Uh, we're at Call the Office in London, and it was the night that Princess Diana's death was announced. Oh. So I went over over the monitors and said, uh, "Hey guys, Princess Di, she she's dead." And Eric goes, "Well, all right, this one's for her. This one's called Nano Man." <laughs> <laughs> Tasty. Yes. <laughs> My favorite story of Voivod ever. There's other ones, but I can't, I could tell them off the, off the mic, but there's other great stories. Oh, fair, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So you guys have been a band for how long? So we started back in 2014, and uh, the idea behind this band was very much just a, a side project. Um, most of the band members have other bands, other projects going. Uh, they're playing in other well-known Montreal acts, and uh, they just wanted to get together. Uh, well, we wanted to get together, basically, to, to just start a, something a little bit heavier, a little thrashier. Uh, but uh, we want to put our collective you know, interests into one big melting pot, and at first it was just to produce an EP, uh, which we did in 2015, and uh, it got a lot of good reviews in the States, and uh, it enabled us to you know, do some, some pretty interesting shows, actually, uh, in 2016 and 17. We got to open for bands like uh, uh, Thrash Legends Annihilator, we, we opened for Prong, um, and uh, we had a lot of other interesting offers, some of which we had to decline because uh, the other guys in the bands were, were either touring or whatnot uh, with other projects. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the, the, the side project uh, is picking up, it's gaining interest, and uh, now here we are, we've got a, a second album, and, uh, and uh, we're looking to see where this, uh, this second album takes us and if this becomes more than a side project. It's, a, it's interesting as... Uh... As bands start their first bands and they, they start developing interests in nor outside of the band and then realize that I like this type of music or that type of music and then they sort of get together with their friends and as a, they, and the, the quote unquote side project is something that a lot of people say it's it's a sort of a I don't want to I want to put words in your mouth but sort of paraphrasing that I'm kind of tired of my band right now and I want to do something that's new and exciting so I can go back to my original band and make it more interesting. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know if, if it's if that's the case for for all the members. I mean, in my case, it was it was a return to music. Uh, I I hadn't played for a long long while, but the other band members are still quite active, uh, and some of their bands <clears throat> are more so uh, maybe at the tail end of a long career. Uh, bands that have existed for like twenty five years, like mm -hmm. uh, Yannick and Pierre, have played in Arsenic Thirty Three, where which are very 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 popular uh, punk band in Quebec. And uh, and Pat Gordon's played in a number of uh, popular acts in Quebec, uh, including Les Écorchés, who uh, who away was in on their first couple of albums. Uh, so um, no, I think it was more so just you know a bunch of guys saying like uh, you know let's get a bunch of fairly like-minded guys in the same room and see where this brings us, and, and it's made for. Pretty good music, I think. You know, yeah. it's quite humbly I'm saying this there. Yeah. No, absolutely. It gives, I mean, I guess what I was kind of saying is sort of, it gives perspective on what you've done by starting something new, which is the hardest thing ever. If you have a comfortable band and you're sort of like, oh, this is a band I, I can play shows with, to do a side project is like starting all over again. And, uh, and then when it turns into more than a side project, that's where... I can see how things could get a little strained when it's like, well, I got 20 things to do and I only have 10 spaces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So are you guys, um, you've put, rec you've put a record, you put an EP out in 2015 and did you tour it? We did. Well, we didn't tour it. We toured it lo locally. So in the Montreal area and, uh, you know, neighboring vicinities, you know, areas like Granby, we played it in Ottawa. We played, uh, places like Salaberry to Valleyfield, all around Montreal area, basically. And so with this new album, we want to branch out a little bit more. Uh, I think our challenge right now is uh, we've we've put a lot of energies on like writing music, you know, getting it produced, getting it out there, and now pushing it more from a PR perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, I think our our next 
uh, our next jaunt is to determine, okay, well, what do we want to do with, you know, the project from a touring perspective and, and land the right partners to work with, you know, uh, yeah. to pull together a good tour because it's all about, you know, working with, with, with good people and that, you know, with, I think with age, you know, you, you get to a point where, you know, where you've been burned in the past and where you don't want to be burned again. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Meeting good people. Yeah. When you meet somebody like 20 years ago, it's a whole different experience. Like, well, I can't believe this person. It's like meeting a hot chick. It's like, I can't believe this chick's into me. Look at this. Look at me. <laughs> you know, and then the hot chick turns out to be horrible, you know, and that's the record industry. I'm par- you know, and, and, and <laughs> then it turns out that that hot chick was really evil and took all your money. And, uh, <laughs> and you'd be buyer beware. I, 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 believe me, I've been there. Only it wasn't a hot chick. It was a, it was a record label, but uh, I know what you're saying. Yeah. It's tough to, you, and, you know, that's the good thing with age brings is that a little bit more, um, I want to say uh, objectiveness where, okay, let's not all get into bed yet. Let's see what there's out there and, and go with the best option that's good for the band rather than I'll do anything all the time, you know. I, I, absolutely. And I, and, I, and I think now, you know, with, you know, with, you know, everything that's come about with uh, the internet and all the opportunities, you know, you can use to market your music now. You can, you can DIY a lot of this stuff yourself, you know, rather than turning to a label or whatnot, uh, especially when you're just, you know, kicking off a new project. Um, uh, you know, if you've got a good PR guy like we have, uh, you know, John Osher does a great job. Uh, you know, you, you, can, you, can, you can market, market yourself without having a label these days. It's tough when you've got to kind of work the band yourself. Because you got to wear several hats, and yeah. when you're sort of a do-it-yourselfer, it's sometimes breaking through that that limit of you're the guy that has to go get paid. So you put the getting paid hat on, and then when it's time to play music, you take the getting paid hat off, the business hat, and put the rock hat on, and then you got to take that hat off again, and then get in the van, drive the. You know what I mean? Like there's so many different <laughs> things to to deal with, and sometimes it's easier. Uh, sometimes it is easier just to have someone to do it for you because then you can concentrate more on your music. It's sort of an old way of thinking. Sure. No, 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 not not at all. I, I mean, that's that's fair enough. I think we're just we're just still too young a band, a project to to be at that point yet where we're you know we've got full confidence and all sorts of different players who can run it for us, and and maybe yeah. we just don't have that interest yet because we're just we're we're kicking we're kicking off this project, right? And it's good. The the, the important part is knowing when to sort of let the reins go and let, you know, someone else take the, take the lead on it. And that's cause you made this little thing, this little baby of yours and you're, you're going to go and play shows and, and it's going to get more successful. And there's a lot to be said about that, you know, and there's also a lot to be said about sort of meaning what you do and you're doing it. And a lot of people can appreciate that now more than ever. Yeah. No, absolutely. The name of the record, <laughs> it's, it's called, Abrasive pulmonic speak. Yes. Now, how did you come up? That's an <laughs> abrasive pulmonic speak. It sounds like somebody in the, in your group is an English major or uh, a doctor. <laughs> Neither nor. Oh, oh, I read that one wrong. <laughs> but uh, no, but you you do have some you know fairly well educated guys in the band. You yeah. know, uh, uh, myself and and Yannick the singer uh, both. Uh, uh, did our, our our university studies and whatnot, and uh, and Yannick and I write a lot of the the lyrics and and whatnot. Uh, abrasive pulmonic speak. Uh, I mean, where where it comes from? Uh, I, I I can't. I kind of came up with that 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 title. Um, 
I think it was after having read, you know, like reread all the the lyrics we came up with uh, for for the album, uh, and and looking at you know uh, the harshness of them, uh, because you know in this type of music you got to be somewhat explicit uh, just to make a point sometimes, and 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 we also hope that people aren't misunderstanding some of our lyrics because at face value they can just leave they can just seem very abrasive. Um, and so, therefore, the ergo, the abrasive part of abrasive pulmonic speak, but um, but also there's there's a there's always hidden messages behind each each one that you know at face value sounds like you know just something that's kind of mindless, but <clears throat> there's always a there's a, there's always a back message to each one of those songs too that you know you have to take the time to to talk to us to to know what what we're really trying to say there, and so that's the speak part of it, and the pulmonic well pulmonic is just basically it's it's your lungs, and I think it's a bit of a descriptive of 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 uh, it's my way of describing Yannick's voice on this album. You know, he's really <laughs> he's really belting him out, and it's really coming from you know the the, the raw source of the lungs. So that's you know that, that's the whole notion behind a, a brace of pulmonic speak. Yeah, and Madeleine Montreal is it's, it's such deep roots. Going there with bands and knowing that there was such like a such it's such a gritty town for metal, and it still is, I'd imagine, right. It's a fantastic town for metal and all types of metal. Yeah. You know, it's 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 mind-boggling the number of bands we have in Montreal, mm-hmm. and it makes it for it makes for a very <clears throat> competitive market. You know, I think there's pros and cons to having that many metal bands in in one town. Yeah, uh, but uh, but the beauty of it is, I think it keeps everybody on their toes. I remember playing there in the early '90s, and we somehow got on a bill with the Rolling Stones tribute band, and. <laughs> We didn't say anything like the Rolling Stones. And, uh, was it the Blushing Brides? I know. It was a guy who is funny. He didn't really speak. He spoke, in, he spoke French, but then when he acted like Mick Jagger, he was like, Mick Jagger, but he was sort of my body style. So he was a little, you know, he wasn't like Mick Jagger body style. So it looked very weird, a bit of a punch, you know. And they had to be in their 40s. And I played in a band when I was, like, we played in Montreal and I played in a band called Red Fish and we're like a power pop punk rock band. And here we are playing the Stones tribute act, and it was the oddest thing I've ever seen in my life, you know. And and, and he was like, "All right, everybody," you know? and he'd speak the rest of it in French. It was the most hilarious thing ever. There's, I remember also there's some venues there, like we got beer tickets, and they were like, "Hey, I got three beers," and they were pitchers. And like, ah, yeah, hooray! They don't mess around. I can't remember what venue that was. Um, I don't know. I have some friends there, uh, Paget. Um, from Greenland Entertainment. He's an old friend of mine. I'm talking okay. in a long time. Yeah. Tell him I say hi. Tell him Simon says hi. I used to stay at his we'll house do. a lot. There's also a band called Rise. Oh, yeah. That was one of my favorite bands out of Montreal called Rise. Yeah. 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 And uh, John worked for Cargo, I think, at the time. So that's right. Oh, yeah. Cargo. I remember Cargo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that's, uh, that's uh, a lot of nostalgia there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, yeah. I fell in love in Montreal, too, in the, in the, in the early 90s. With a girl, her name is Edith, and uh, she never told. T- she was vegan, and she found out I ate hamburgers, and she didn't never talk to me again. <laughs> <laughs> Those she, vegans. She didn't like me because I wasn't vegan. I thought that was it. <laughs> well, if you don't like me, I'm gonna eat a hamburger. Here you go. Um, so, so you've been playing music for quite a while then, like in in that scene, in that Montreal scene. Yeah, we. I mean, collectively, all the band members have been playing. Oh, geez. At least thirty years, the Montreal scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was joking the other day with somebody. I don't know what the, I think it was some guy in Missouri, 
uh, talking about you know how many times we played for fun like tricks you know if you take you know, like collectively all the band members in band to black worship and multiply the times we played for fun and like tricks i think uh, we probably played it about a hundred times you know <laughs> uh, and, and uh, so you get to know a lot of people and and you get to better friends but uh you know uh, that, that that's uh, that's the cool part of music i find yeah i remember for foods you had to get out of there by 10 30 because it was disco night after that yeah, it's, it's still pretty close to that. You know, it's more around 11-ish now, but uh, yeah, yeah uh, they're pretty strict on the timelines. Yeah. So the venues to play in Montreal are still Fafoons. Uh, what other venues? There? Was Metro still there, the Met- Le Metro? Tenth at Catacombs uh, with uh, Floating Widget. You might know some of the guys from Floating Widget who played in a band called Groovy Art Fark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 a lot of success across. um and uh we're also playing with called uh, dizzy goss uh who are formed from members uh, of a band called anonymous where which are very big trash band. yeah i think you're cutting out a wee bit but uh you know oh, am i yeah 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 so groovy Arvark and who uh the the um the opening bands are uh floating widget and dizzy goth and dizzy goth are formed of ba- members from uh, a band called anonymous which is a very big thrash metal band in quebec okay how many sh- how many shows would would a band be able to go in and play in montreal because i know toronto has like the surrounding area there's a couple of venues but if you went to montreal i guess where would you play if you were like a band traveling through town now You'd either play co- uh, Catacombs, you'd play either Fafuns or Piranha Bar, probably, if you're a metal act. Mm-hmm. I think those would be the bands, you'd be, the, the place, places you'd be playing. But you could be playing other clubs as well, too, depending on what type of act you are. You know, you might yeah. play Turbo House, you might uh, Casa de Poplo, or you might play uh, El Salon. Uh, you know, I could go on naming clubs uh, all across Montreal. Uh, <laughs> uh there's, there's just tons of them um yeah. but as a band you don't want to play montreal like you know uh, 72 times a year i mean at some point people just won't come to see you anymore right <laughs> yeah that's that's the problem that's the problem is knowing when not to play um yeah. i did you ever play uh cashmere out in quebec city was it cashmere yeah, I remember Cashmere. No, never played Cashmere. I walked City. by it like this summer. I took my family. We took our family to. Uh, we stayed in a in a B and B, and I walked past Cashmere, and I said, "I used to I used to play in that venue." And they're like, "We don't care, Dad." I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Well, let's go look at the water then." <laughs> so are you are you? Uh, so you said you came out of you got out of retirement, sort of so to speak, to come in and play in this band. Like, so what what brought what kind of brought you back in it? Uh, you know what? Um, most of the guys in the band and myself were all in their forties, mid forties. Some of us. Uh, I think it's uh, it's I think it's midlife crisis time. <laughs> yeah. uh, so for me, it's just coming back to it. You know, having you know spent probably the better part of the last twenty years just you know working on uh, you know getting you know pulling your life together, getting a job, uh, getting some stability in your life. Uh, um and then you know just getting to a point where you're saying oh i I really missed all the fun i had when you know i was playing music back in the day with uh with the buddies and um let's just pull something back together and this was perfect you know the the idea of a pilot project it wasn't like you know this band that wanted to go and 
take over the world and tour, uh, you know, uh, for, for years on end. So, I mean, I said, no, this works for me, you know, uh, in terms of where it might go. Well, then we'll have to, we'll have to see how that all pans out. But, uh, for now this is, it's, it's a fun gig and, and we're having fun with this project. Yeah. You don't know until you try. And, you know, I, I like the fact that you said, well, you take the first 20 years of your life, you're kind of a bit of a fuck up. And then the next 20 years of your life, you're kind of pulling it together. And the human brain actually is fully developed by the age of 27. So if you if you haven't got it figured out by 27, then it's pretty much you know pretty much over. Because how many how many people want to see the weird old guy at the bar who's like 42 or 48 at the punk club? You know what I mean? You better be there for a reason, and that's to play. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, and 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 you're just going to see it more and more now because uh, you know I mean you see guys like you know uh, you know. God rest his soul, Lemmy and Ozzy and all that, that, you know, they're in their 70s uh, and, uh, or were in their 70s and still, you know, putting on concerts and whatnot. And so it's only going to be normal, I guess, in my mind that, you know, you're going to see guys that are 50, 60 years old and heavy metal bands or punk bands mm -hmm. playing clubs. And, and that'll, will, will in a sense, you know, uh, be somewhat normal. Uh, because you know these these genres or these types of music got created in the seventies and eighties, and people who discovered those music then were twenties, and they still love it, and they will continue to do it. So, I mean, I, I think it will just become normal. Yeah, I agree with you. the The other part is too, as you get older, you get you're supposed to get better at what you do, and you're supposed to be better at who you are. So, putting those two things together is to me is you don't get a chance when you're twenty four. To, to prove like a you're pretty together and b you're a good musician or you're good at what you do or you carry yourself well these are all big important things in our industry is if you don't then people are gonna say that's the dummy or the asshole from the other you know what i mean from you know you gotta oh yeah yeah, yeah you get uh, you'll you get ostracized pretty quick uh you know especially when you're when you're younger and you're goofing about and uh you, you lack a bit of professionalism and you don't realize the impacts of your of your gestures and whatnot. So that's, this is the fun part of doing this again a little bit later uh, in life. Mm -hmm. Well, good for you, man. I, uh, I, yeah, I, so are you going to make it out to Toronto at all? Yeah, we're, uh, we're working on uh, um, a, a gig uh, probably at Coalition Club in Toronto. Oh, where, yeah, I know what that is. So we're trying to, we're trying to maybe do like a Hamilton, Toronto kind of thing maybe three kind of three nights or something like that friday saturday sunday or something like that mm -hmm. so uh we'll probably be announcing that more so uh in the coming months but that would be sometime in may probably have you guys ever considered europe um some of us actually go out and tour europe still to this day uh, our guitarist terry actually has another band uh his primary band called Br brutal chérie it's a french punk band and they go to France uh, quite regularly. Actually, they they just got back a few months ago from France, and they're going back again uh, in May. Uh, so, uh, you there? To continue to you know, Pat, our guitarist, has gone there with his other band, Goon Dix. He's been to Germany. Uh, Pierre, uh, myself, and Yannick have been uh, to France. Uh, to tour as well too, and uh, we have contacts there, so uh, we wouldn't we wouldn't rule that out. No, you should. I mean, Europe is like a, like one big Montreal. Like there's, it's such an open environment to to anybody, you know. And if you play, 
it's the thing to do. I mean, it's it's tapered down a little bit since it. I'm sure you know that. Like back in the day, you could go and tour for like three months. <clears throat> now a lot of even the European bands they go for like two day jaunts from you know each country, and then that's their tour, and they go they go home for the week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we can't do that. No, <laughs> no, yeah, 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 and you know the tours that. Uh that we've all done have always been something like two, three week tours, but very intensive tours mm-hmm. uh, where you're almost playing practically every night uh, and you get maybe a day or two's rest. Uh, but, uh, but those are great though. They're fantastic and they're super well organized. Anyways, our experience has been, they've been very well organized and you know, you're well received and uh, a lot of the, of the events are sometimes even state funded, uh, you know, even up to the, you know, the nice, uh, the nice lunch that you'll have before, uh, you know, uh, going on stage, uh, you know, you play parts of France and you'll have a canard of foie gras before going up on stage uh, while, you know, sometimes you do your gig in Montreal and, you know, yeah. good luck getting a slice of pizza. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the same, you know, the thing, I toured across there a few times too and we notice you're in Germany and they treat you like, and you're right, the state-funded things are like a, it's usually like an old army barrack that there's some cool guy running and then he'll like, there'll be a half pipe and foosball. And and back then it would be internet. That'd be like a big thing. Like they got internet, foosball, and a half pipe. And that's all they needed to bring the kids in and uh, and mentor them and have like, you know, punk rock shows and stuff. And it, it doesn't it doesn't exist here. Like that sort of like culture of the young getting a chance. And there was, mm-hmm. a, there was a thing in the 90s where people were like, okay, at this age group, we're going to forget about you. When you're 30 at this, in 1999, when you're 30, we're done. But what we're going to concentrate is on the young. And that's how all these little weird little clubs ended up like popping up in the country and stuff. It's like, you know, they rent the place for a dollar a month. There's that place arena in, in Vienna, in Austria, and it's a dollar a month. They rent that whole big place for, and they do it because they do it to support the young. Yeah. And they support their culture very well. And, and, and they've, they've done it in a way where they've, you know, they've created great synergies around all sorts of different activities. So arts, youth, music, culture, and they bring it all together under one roof in a, in a very uh, abile way whereby, you know, everybody's benefiting from it and, and promoting, you know, local artists and whatnot. So it's good. But I mean, we, we do that as well, too, in, in, in Canada, too, I think. To you an know, extent. You just gotta, not yeah, as to an extent. Not as, but not as elaborately. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. There's like, we have the YMCA and uh, you might get some basketball in, um, but that's <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Or the in Quebec, you'll have these Maison des Jeunes, you know, that uh, will do these kind of activities. And, you know, they're taking on expansion and they're building skate parks now. So you're you're getting there slowly but surely. Yeah, yeah. that's true. There's a skate park in my town and I have a town of like 20,000 people. So it's pretty good. I mean, yeah. it, to an extent, though, but at, for some reason, it just seemed to be more of an, of a, of a, um, maybe because it was further away. But it seemed like there's more of an effort to, to help the young and support them in a, in a way that was like maybe too far, maybe too hard. I, I don't know. Maybe the North Americans looked at being a bit too coddling or something and they, they made their own way of doing it. But, you know, we're, we're busy supporting Canadian artists and things like that too. So it just seems different in Germany and France and, and in Italy and stuff like that, where it seems a little bit more uh, involved. Yeah. I'm going to play a song and this song is called Another Dead Rockstar.
So your record comes out when? Uh, January 26th. We released it officially, uh, and this time around only through... Are you still getting me, Simon? Yep. yep. Okay, cool. Uh, only through uh, Bandcamp. Uh, we released the, the first EP, which is still available on iTunes, but uh, the grim reality of iTunes is that now everybody's got a monthly pass and they can pretty much listen to your music for free. Yeah. They, you know, they stream your songs 200 times and you get two cents, right? So yeah. it's kind of hard to produce your next... Uh, your next record on two cents uh, for 200 streams there. Um, so we're trying something different this time around. We're just going to make it available on Bandcamp. Uh, and uh, we'll probably release, you know, some tunes sparingly. But uh, we'll see where that takes us in terms of a strategy. Uh, but, uh, you know, you, you know how it is. It, it's it's challenging to, to make the money back that you invest, uh, you know, not only in Know, public relations but you know lyric videos or just the production mastering of albums and whatnot so um you know we'll try that strategy so it'll be available on Bandcamp uh as of january 26th people can order uh we were even you know we're so old school we still offer physical copies so you can order those now and receive those now uh, so if you go to the Bandcamp page and look up vanta black worship you can these t-shirts and whatnot so uh you know if uh, folks out there listening you know it doesn't take much help support uh local underground music it's, uh, it helps us out a lot yeah 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 what do you think of things like kick kickstarters and fundraising um what, what's your thoughts on that do you thought much about doing something like that um we have but you know i get part of us finds it a little bit pretentious uh you know that you know who are we to ask people to fund you know, our record uh, without having offered anything through it, you know, and, and I know you can build it up, you know, with all sorts of nice nifty stuff, like saying, oh, come hang out with a band and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I, I prefer to do it the old school way where, you know, you you release a product, you, 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 play to you play concerts, you earn your money, you build up your funds, and then, you know, you re-record something else uh, rather than saying, hey, listen, I have no money, give me money, I'll produce something for you. And I almost equate it with, um, um, you know these hockey clubs <laughs> that cater <laughs> that you know they bug you on street corners to say, "Hey, uh, my kid wants to play, you know, this big hockey tournament, and he needs all this money." Uh, you know, well, hey, I didn't decide your your kid wants to play hockey, yeah. so you fund your kid's hockey project. You know, <laughs> yeah. No, I understand, <laughs> so, and I agree with you. I think I think it's it's kind of interesting, unless you're actually somebody you have a brand that people want to invest in. Um, sure when, I when you're bigger enough or yeah, yeah why not it's also it's just kind of weird coming from that diy ethic myself that to me it's almost like a thing now where you just record the record you cut your losses and go play shows and hope that you know you can make an investment based on playing live shows yeah you know and sometimes sometimes they might break even <laughs> yeah yeah, especially we got to get in a plane and fly across the Atlantic and and play a show to people. You know, because the thing about I mean Canada in general is that it's still pretty. I don't know. I I know I know that metal is a different animal, but when you're talking about music, it's pretty image based, and and there's a lot of ageists out there saying saying that you know, hey old man, make way for the new folks. But I still think like Europe still has that. We just like music. We don't care how old you are and. Yeah, that's what would make me go to Europe and play music, you know. 
Oh yeah, yeah, and 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 we and we'll get some of that sometimes too. You know, we've we've had some folks you know give us a little slag here and there, saying, "Hey, old timers, you know, time to hang it up." <laughs> but we don't listen to them. So <laughs> no, I know, and no, it's good. I'm glad you're fighting the good fight for the old dudes, because uh, <laughs> you know it does. I I play in a band, and I'm the oldest guy, and the youngest guy is like 35. So we're still old, but we play clubs with people who are in their 20s, and they're they look at me like, "Hey." Look at you. Look, you're still up there. I'm like, yeah, this is what I do. I love doing this stuff and you should too. You know, so I like almost like holding court there while, you know, <laughs> playing shows. Absolutely. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I think it, it, I, I personally, I think it, you know, the message that it gives off in my mind anyways, is like, you know, you, you don't have to, you know, hang up your skates because you're, you know, you're in your forties or whatnot. If, if if you're passionate about it, you should just keep doing it. And I think all it'll do is inspire other people that are maybe at home sitting on their couch saying, "Oh, I should do this. I should do that." Well, you know, rather than thinking I should do this, I should do that, why don't you just, you know, get off get up off your ass and do it? Yeah, it's amazing how your attitude changes from the age of twenty five to forty five. Because you know, back when I was twenty five, I'd be like. Yeah, uh, beer league. They're all beer league players. <laughs> you know, now it's yeah. like now I am the beer league player, you know, and I'm okay with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're the beer league weekend warriors, you know, and we're fine with it too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, cool, man. Awesome. Um, thanks for thanks for doing this, man. I I appreciate it, and and good luck, and and give me all your socials and everything like that. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so and uh, you know, uh, I really appreciate uh, you taking the time. Uh, it was nice chatting you. I really like the the flow of this interview. Come it on. was uh, it was very natural. So I uh, very uh, very much enjoyed uh, chatting with you, uh, Simon. Thanks so much. All right, you take care. And that was Curtis and the band Phantom Black Warship. One thing I forgot to mention that what really got me into this band was the fact that it sounded like people playing music. Does that does that make sense? People playing real music. Real people playing real music. There's no, didn't seem to be too much trickery going on there, and that was that was good to see and good to hear. And it was good to talk to Curtis, and I really appreciate him doing the show. Thanks everybody for that, listening to that one. Um, what else do I got? I got nothing. Yeah, uh, you know, thanks for uh, shopping on Amazon, Applelock.ca/slash/Amazon or US Amazon, whatever the whatever you prefer, whatever country you're from, you can do that. Go to Amazon shop, support the show. You got to go through that link first. Um, I got nothing. It is. Uh, I'm putting this one out a little late in the day because because uh, I got this new job and I've been working a lot and I can't. Well, I mean, I'm tough finding time. As we get older in life, we have tough times finding times to do stuff we like to do. But when we do it, it makes it super fun. So anybody, anybody, anyways, thanks for listening to the show. We'll see you next week. I have a guy named Mark from a band called Graber. He is a fantastic talk and a fantastic person, and it was a great band. It's a bass and drums power duo. Is that a power duo, or is it just a duo? A duo. That's three duo bands I know. There's the Inbreds from Kingston, there's Duotang, and then there's Graber. None of them, all, none of them sound alike. That, that's the cool part. Everybody, thanks for listening to the show. We'll see you next week. Okay, bye. <laughs>